Welcome, madam, to the to the Swithensby Parish Council. And it's a delight to have someone of your standing come to our little parish. So please, please do take a seat. Please take a seat. Would you care? Would you care for a biscuit? A biscuit? Yes. Would you? Would you care for a lovely biscuit? I've got a bourbon. I don't care for bloody biscuits. I'm on a diet, say. My diet. I'm terribly sorry, although I I don't believe biscuits cause weight loss. Again, I don't believe they caused weight loss gain uh, because they're just biscuits. They don't. You can't even charge VAT for a biscuit, let alone it's not a weight product. Diets it's are very fattening. I've lived my whole life with diets, with with biscuits, eating biscuits and butter. Well, if if you're going to smear a bourbon cream in butter, then perhaps that's the, the start and the end of your weight gain problems, madam. But I won't. I won't complain on the basis that it means there's a few more biscuits for me. Well, let's just get started then. Before we begin, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. My name's Reverend God, and I've been the parishioner here at... Um, at uh, St. Jobbies for uh, 32 years. I've uh, sort of served this parish, man and boy. Um, It was here, of course, that I first became addicted to biscuits. But I must say that with the strength of the local community, I I pulled through and now I can enjoy a biscuit in relative ease and comfort. Um... I'm I'm responsible for the for the local choir. There's two choirs. There's one that's full of choir boys and one that's um full of the more elderly ladies of the parish. Um, that's me. Yes, indeed. And uh, I must say, uh, whilst I find only one of those two choirs sexually repellent, I I will say that they uh they do produce a wonderful sound and uh, and. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this Christmas because I'm hoping to get both of them together in the same hall. It will be jolly. Wait, wait a second. You want us to sing alongside the young, the young whippersnappers? Well, yes, that was the idea. You see, they could do all of the high notes, and and obviously, I'll be spending a lot of time uh, practicing the high notes with them uh, behind closed doors. Obviously, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to uh, do it in public, uh, and you ladies will uh, will by extension be doing the um, the low notes as uh, as you've done ever since eighteen forty two when the first choir of Saint Beelzebees was formed. That's uh, we can't do low notes. The only people who can do the low notes are are they're dead. You mean they're dead? They're dead. The 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 baritone of the group. Uh, he 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 he's he's no, he's no, passed away. No 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 no. no there are no 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 male baritones. Oh heaven forbid! I don't want to spend my time. With any male over the age of fourteen, no, there are no men in this choir whatsoever. The ladies have to adopt a uh, a French lavatory squat, and they must uh, 
you know, pop a bourbon biscuit in their face and sometimes a custard cream as well. And uh, every now and again, I'll buy them a Mr. Kipling's French Fancy and they pop one of those in their bottle and off they go. Lovely low notes. Well, that may be true. I, 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 I am a highly... Have you ever put a French Fancy? Reverend, Reverend. Have you ever put a French Fancy in your bottle? What? What's, what's a... Reverend, why, why are you talking about this? Well, I thought you wanted to apply to be the new choir mistress. Oh, I, I, I'm not qualified. Uh, well, then why, why, why are you here? Is it to give me more biscuits? No, I, I'm here. I'm here to complain. Oh, wow. I'm here is to it complain. About, is it about the children? Yes, yes, it's the uh, children. Oh, uh, well, well. Listen, before you go any further, ju- just remember that my brother-in-law is the police commissioner, and um, if you take any of your allegations public, I will make sure you're found face down in a ditch. Is that a threat? Not in the least. It's a promise. How dare you? How dare you? I'm, I, I don't know why you're so angry. Perhaps you'd like to eat a biscuit. Enough of your biscuits. Enough! Reverend, Reverend, I must, I must implore you. I've, I saw a child leaving this parish uh, just yesterday in tears. In tears! And why was that? He he said he said he said someone touched him, touched him inappropriately. Who, who touched him inappropriately? I'm sorry, but that's my job. If anyone else is taking my job, I damn well better find out about it. <gasps> it was you. Well, I don't think so. I was busy yesterday. I was teaching the boys cricket, and then we all made biscuits afterwards. And I don't mean special biscuits that I ask them to make on my body on. Uh, on Thursday evenings, I mean actual biscuits, you know, the ones that uh, the ones that I laid out for you this afternoon, little Timmy Johnson made. He's a very good, uh, very good boy. He makes very good biscuits. I, uh, if, I, uh, if I hadn't already used him as a catamite, I might have kept him on as a biscuit boy. No, he said, he said, he said you touched him in a place that it, it, it was, Reverend, I must, I must, I must report you. Uh, excuse me, but I must. Uh, what place? What place did I touch him in? He he was. It wasn't the back of a Volkswagen, was it? It wasn't that alley behind, uh, you know, the town centre. It wasn't the bins behind Barclays Bank, was it? Because I swear to God, I've never been to the bins behind Barclays Bank except to do a, a very, very long-winded poo in 1972. I was caught very short at late night, at late night sermon, and. Uh, Unfortunately, I simply couldn't find a public restroom, and it was either that or uh, that or, or defecate my own trousers. And I thought, well, you know, a bank is a place that, you know, they've got uh, a few bits of money, and I'm sure the uh, manager hasn't done his part for the church roof fund in a few years. So I thought, well, it uh, kills two birds with one stone. Well, it is highly, highly inappropriate. He, he was in tears, and I, I must say, I... I am no longer going to be part of this parish because of this. It is outrageous. It is simply, uh, I, I can't, I, I can't take it. 
Well, it's not as if you could move. After all, your uh, gammy leg means that you're not exactly going to be able to buy a house in the block of flat country across the way, are you? No, you're going to have to live in your bungalow. I will no longer be attending these meetings. No longer. Reverend, I... This is this is ridiculous. I will no longer Excuse be me. accepting your your biscuits. Excuse me, uh, madam. You know there are fourteen of us around this table, and this conversation's gone on for uh, plenty amount of time. Now, I understand that you uh, you have your objections to our priest, but I must say he's one of the finest men of God we've ever had in this uh, this uh, parish. And I will say, as head of this council, that. Uh, I approve of his presence, and I think he's a bloody good chap. So, uh, will you pipe down? It's very, very well said, Alderman. I, I, it's very, <laughs> very kind of you to, to bat for me in that regard. It's very, very be quiet. Nobody now. cares about the old woman. Nobody cares about the old woman. <laughs> why? Why is she bloody quiet? I don't get it. Uh, why, love, why are you crying? <laughs> love, I've I've had a thought. Love, uh, have you been to brothel on Main Street? No, no. Right, right, love. Look, here's twenty five quid. Right. Ask for Mario. He's very gentle. Mario. Aye, aye. Brother on Main Street. It's the one with the blue light hanging over the door. Uh, 25 quid. Ask for Mario. Say, I sent you. Uh, and uh, and he'll, uh, he'll see you right. All right, love? And I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think we can approve of male prostitution in this... Uh, in no, this no, no, no. Uh, Reverend, that that's actually sounds like a, like a pretty good a pretty good idea. Um uh, uh, I, 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 uh, yes, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, yes, I. That's how this that 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 actually uh, sounds uh, quite 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 pleasant, really. Uh, 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 well, okay then, but I'll be lodging a formal complaint with the council tomorrow, so you best trot off and do it tonight. Yes, I, I shall. May, may I bring a few biscuits with me? No, I wouldn't do that, love. Mario's uh, Mario's one for his figure. He likes his six-pack. He'll throw those biscuits out window. So if you're going to take some, by all means, take some. Breed them on way. Right. I'll be, I'll be on my way, then. Well, it was lovely, lovely to have you here, and uh, have a safe journey. Goodbye. Yeah, right, clear off. Would y'all like to hear my story of when I went to Deep Space Nine? Sure, go ahead. So I'm flying over and they say to me, look, there's a space opening in Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. which is like this place far, it's miles away. It's crazy miles away. And I go, okay, what's the pay like? And they're like, okay, well, you go there and you get standard pay. Mm-hmm. Like nine to five, and then you get danger pay, and then you get manger pay, and stranger pay. Now I didn't understand what any of these things meant, but it turns out that danger pay is because it's quite hazardous working in space. 
manger pay because I don't know why, but I keep seeming to uh, uh, deliver loads of babies. Everywhere I'm going, there's a baby need delivering. Are you a doctor? It's... No, God, no. I'm a plumber. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a space plumber. Mm. I do space toilets. I do space bathrooms. I do space tiling. Are, are, are space bathrooms um, different from normal bathrooms? You betcha. You ever try to uh, tile a regular bathroom in space, madam? You'd, well, it's crazy. Yeah, is, it, is it gravity? Well, there ain't none, you see, for a start. I mean, some of these new fancy space stations have got, like, artificial gravity and stuff, but most of them, most of them, have got this sort of magnetic boot crap. It's not not very safe. And when you're trying to put a tile on, what happens is, is that as soon as you put the tile on, the ship changes course or something, and the tile flings off with Newtonian motion and goes into the back, back of your head or something. It's crazy. Crazy hard. So what you have to do is basically tile all of those things, nail it down to a plank of wood. That's how you do your tiling. And then you put the plank of wood up on the wall and you super glue. Super glue? Yep. Good old-fashioned space super glue. That sounds crazy. Yep. So you're going to Deep Space Nine. Is uh, are, are you, Will you be the only plumber there? I, I'm assuming not. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm going as an independent contractor, so uh-huh. uh, so that'll be um, that'll be interesting. I mean, I've already been once. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you like were... it? How do you like it there? Well, it's a little bit it's a little bit weird because all the people wander around wearing like the same uniform. Mm-hmm. They got the sort of black jumpsuit number, and you know me, I'm a hefty guy, so they put me in one of these black jumpsuit numbers, and I kind of look like a sore thumb. I stand out, because I'm not a skinny guy. Mm-hmm. And they, the quarters they give you, they give you a little room and a bed and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Not a very good bathroom, it's a space bathroom, which basically means it's a vacuum tube that you got to stick your doodar parts into, <laughs> do your business, and then... Uh, Apparently, it gets recycled into the water system. It's, oh, uh, that sounds. Oh. Mm. Is it? I, I, I suppose there's advanced filtration systems to make it nope. seem okay. No, nope. Comes out bright yellow. That sounds awful. That sounds terrible. The uh, guy in charge of the place, his name's Ben Cisco. He got the status for a fortnight. My God, the water turned green. It went crazy. Well, I mean that means everything tastes like that, right? Because you have to use to you have to use it for everything. You have to use it for baking, for cooking, for bathing, well, for bathing. So you'd be you'd be covered in it. Well, uh, fortunately, what you do is when you go to the water jugs, you take a tea strainer with you. You know, uh-huh. it's like a little sieve, yeah. and that way you can you can filter out most of the pubes. Ah, uh, well, even then, the the the, the smell and the 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 Stench of it is still there. Well, you say that, but in space, no one can hear you do a smell. So it's kind of, it's all right. You know, as long <laughs> as you don't hear someone guffing off. I mean, they there are some right crazy people. They've got a, a guy from Ireland, uh-huh. uh, but there's no such thing as Ireland anymore. He just likes to wander around and pretend it's that a, he's it's from It's a Ireland. land of ire. That's the only thing. So this, this is it. Because, you know, in, in the space time... Uh, Ireland uh, got flooded when they ran out of money, and you know, um, you know, they they declared themselves legally dead for insurance purposes, and so they had to sort of flood the Ireland. 
Well, well, are you looking forward to to your new gig? Well, see, there's another guy there. This is, he bullies me, right? He's a guy, and he can change into any shape. Mm-hmm. He's a foreign fellow. He can change into any shape. And what he likes to do, he's kind of he's got a weird rubbery face. Mm-hmm. But I, I like you know sit down after a hard day's work, and just as I'm sitting down, right, it turns out that he's turned into the chair. And then as I'm sitting down, he turns back into a man. So as I kind of fall back on my ass, he's standing there with his huge, rubbery, featureless face going, ha, 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 you shit. Oh, that's awful. He's a real meanie. That's terrible. It's not, it's not fair at all. I mean, it's just really not fair at all. It, you know, I mean, that, that guy's quite mean. And because he's in charge, it's really bad because... Um, you know, I, I kind of I go to the superiors and that, and I say, you know, they're he's doing this to me, and they're just like, no, no, he's, he's not. He's a cool guy. You just get to know him. He'll stop doing it, and I try, and but he won't. He just he won't stop doing it, and it's not very fun. So why do you have to go if you don't like it? Well, I signed a contract when I was twenty-two, and I didn't really look at the small print. It was kind of crazy. But, you know, it was kind of, oh, dear. You know, kind of, oh, dear. And now they've got me until I'm 450. Oh, I didn't know you lived that long. You could live that long. Well, like, when I was when I was that age, I had two choices. Mm-hmm. Starfleet or the Scientologists. And the Scientologists wanted my life for 999,000 years. Oh, wow. And I thought, by definition, you know, 512 years would be pretty cool with Starfleet, you know, and hopefully I'd get time off for good behavior, but nope. Nope. So I'm not sure. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. I'm thinking of resigning, going and, uh, buying a, buying a clothing supply shop on, um, on the Pleasure Planet. You should. That sounds exciting. Pleasure yep. Planet. Yeah, well, they, they they call it the Pleasure Planet, but that's mostly just for the tourists. You know, there's oh, a really? sextorium, and mm-hmm. but then you know everyone else has got to live. It's like kind of like being on Las Vegas. You know, you know if you ain't a horror show girl, then you got to go and work as an accountant <laughs> or in retail. It's a sad, sad day. Well, I I I hope I hope you you do well whatever you choose. Well, thank you. Thank you, madam. You're too kind. Man of Steel, the radio play. Jor-El's house, the planet Krypton. In today, Jor-El and his nameless wife are going through a birthing ceremony. It is twice as long as is necessary and is deeply uncomfortable. Government headquarters in today. The Jedi Council are having a discussion about the forthcoming collapse of the planet that involves them sitting quietly and not speaking to one another. I am Russell Crowe, modern cinema's greatest badass, and I am your chief scientist. I'm a guy with a flat head and a Spock haircut with the world's geekiest beard. I may look more like the head of a provincial web design firm, but I'm actually this planet's greatest warrior. 
Your insistence, mate, on shale gas fracking has finally caused the planet to explode. No, no it hasn't. You smell. I've been genetically conditioned to protect Krypton from its enemies. As such, I hope you'll forgive my logic as I now launch a coup and kill the government. We are now made to watch a set piece from Attack of the Clones. Halfway through, Jor-El steals Krypton's most highly prized MacGuffin, for which he suffers no consequence. Jor-El's house in today. Jor-El downloads the MacGuffin into Kal-El and then spends 12 hours staring at him, eyes wrapped in milky white tears. My son. With great power comes great responsibility. It's what you do that defines you. You've got to protect truth, justice in the American way, except for when we sell this film to China. During all of the speechifying, General Zod manages to catch up. After a fight, Zod stabs Jor-El to the left of his ribcage with a knife. Dude, that is so totally an awesome reference to Gladiator. I rule the school. A scene left on the cutting room floor from the first X-Men in which a heavily bearded, unnamed burly man is, is in an episode of Deadliest Catch. Hey, mute silent newbie, get me my binoculars. We want to watch these people on a burning oil rig burn to death because that's what we rough-and-tumble fishermen do. However, the unnamed burly man has disappeared off to save the oil rig men. Somewhere cold, Alaska or the Arctic Circle or something. Lois Lane lands on a helicopter and is greeted by the guy from Battlestar Galactica, the guy from Law and Order, the guy from the West Wing, and the other guy from Battlestar Galactica. I'm going to make you sleep in the fridge because that's what we rough and tumble, burly secret military men do. I react to this and display some personality, but that required me to have a character. Also, piece of friendly advice, we're here in the Alaskan wilderness or the Arctic Circle... Or, uh... The Canadian government gave me permission to be here. Wait, this is Canada? Really? Uh, okay, well, don't go wandering off in a parker you bought from Target and some thin cotton trousers, as conditions can get pretty damn bad here out at night. Lois Lane goes to bed, gets mm -hmm. out her Nikon 3DS with Nikon flash, mm -hmm. Nikon strap, and Nikon bag, and goes out mm -hmm. into night. She takes a picture of the cliff face with her Nikon 3DS and uses the Nikon 3DS zoom function to identify Clark Kent wearing a, a t-shirt, not even trying to hide his super ability. And crashed alien spaceship. So it turns out that they paid me $15 million to be in this film and they're going to get their money's worth. Despite being dead, my consciousness has been downloaded into this ship. I want you to carry on my work, you see, even though it's not really explained what that work is. Lois Lane stumbles into the scene and promptly gets stabbed. I'm Clark Kent. I'm going to have to cauterize this wound with my laser vision. I'm going to casually accept that as if this is entirely normal. Clark Kent burns the wound with his now easily focusable laser vision. Lois Lane promptly screams, thereby fulfilling Amy Adams' emoting quota for this film. Clark dumps Lois on the side of the road in the night and flies off in his spaceship. So is this the new Fortress of Solace? Yeah, it turns out building a palace of crystals was a bit too far-fetched for a film from 2013, mate. Warner Brothers Studio Int Night. Oh my god, everyone in this film is white. We need some racial diversity or else people are going to think that I, Zack Snyder, am some sort of racist. Damn, I really should have cast a black person in Sucker Punch, or 300, or Watchmen, or that insane bird movie I did. Daily Planet Offices Int Day. 
We opened on the Daily Planet offices, which looked like the accounting department of Lehman mm-hmm. Brothers rather than the only surviving print newspaper. In a corner office, a heavy-set stockbroker is fuming at Lois Lane. Morpheus, you have really let yourself go! The Matrix was 15 years ago. Shut up. I've got low blood sugar, which is why I ate a lot of donuts. Shut up. Also, I'm not a corporate stockbroker type. I'm Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. A shoot from the hip, gutsy editor, and that's why we still have jobs in the age of online media. I saw an alien spaceship and was rescued by an alien. I'm sorry, Lois, but the dwindling ABC1 figures mean I can't print that story. Not to mention the fact that our owners would go mad. I'm sorry, Lois, but the dwindling ABC1 figures mean I can't print that story. Not to mention the fact that our owners would go mad. I'm also thinking about your career as this spreadsheet suggests that it wouldn't have long to go if you revealed your alien abduction theories. Telling me I can't do something has made me sad. I am sad. No, no, Amy Love, you, you can't just say your emotions. You need to act them. Try pulling a frowny face like mine. I don't like you. I don't like myself either. Isn't that going to be tough to garner empathy if you're in jeopardy later in the film? Probably. Bar. Lois Lane drinks some whiskey mm-hmm. to establish that she's badass and then chews out a blogger. We know he's a blogger because he's wearing glasses for being unprofessional. I'm going to leak this story to you because no credible newspaper will print it. I don't know if I should be flattered that you're talking to me, annoyed that you're talking down to me, or insulted that you've just passed on my profession. Flashback. Kevin Costner does some moralizing, except this time he sounds like a prick rather than the most important character in this movie. Montage of the world's TVs. People in Tibet, India, America, etc. watch a TV screen of talking static. I'm General Zod. Hand over the alien known as Kal-El or we'll destroy the planet. Cut to U.S. military headquarters. Hmm. Diplomacy done down the barrel of a gun. I think we should do whatever they say on the basis that I left my balls in my other trousers. Clark walks through a garden in Gethsemane, which is in Smallville, Kansas. I wonder if I should just give myself up to what is most certainly death in order to save the people of Earth. Heaven in today. God is set watching a pre-release screener of the movie on Blu-ray. Wait a minute. Now I've let most of this shit fly, but this is taking the piss. Call my lawyer. Kansas Church in today. Clark Kent wanders into a church where he is met by a priest wearing a dog collar. Clark sits down in the pew, and behind him is an inexplicably placed stained glass window depicting Jesus' agony in the garden. I'm having trouble working out if I should sacrifice myself for the greater good. The priest moves closer, and in a wide-angle shot, is clearly seen standing against another inexplicably placed stained glass window depicting Jesus rising from the tomb after the resurrection. Perhaps you need to take a leap of faith. What am I putting my faith in, Padre? What about humanity itself? Wait, I'm confused. Am I meant to be Jesus, or is this a whole kind of metaphor for all of humanity? Um... Clark gives himself up to General Zod. Shortly after, General Zod decides to attack the Earth with a handful of troops, including Ursa, who has changed her name to Faora for some reason. They land in the main street of Smallville, where people are running back and forth. People, go indoors. You'll be safe there. You can trust me. I'm Superman. Montage of people running into the stores along Smallville's main street and locking the doors. Then more footage of locked doors just to ram home the point that people are hiding in the stores behind the locked doors. In the ensuing fight, Clark throws Ursa and Nan through each of the buildings, crushing them entirely. Nan then throws a train into the crowded Sears building. 
Didn't Superman realise that by throwing his enemies into these buildings, the collateral casualties would be enormous? No, dude, it's like in a video game. When a character is done in a cutscene, they just disappear. It's fine. Superman's killed no one at all ever, so just leave me alone. But hang on a minute. Christopher Nolan and David Goyer wrote this script. Aside from The Dark Knight Rises, which was Bobbins, that Per's work is normally very rigorous. No, dude, that was Jonathan Nolan, the writer one. We got Chris Nolan, the director one, to write it, so you can kiss any hope of logic out of the window. Buggeration. Is it too late to ask for our money back? Clark Kent defeats the Kryptonians in a scene utterly devoid of tension or jeopardy. Three hours later, and Zod decides to begin terraforming Earth into Krypton. Even though if they just moved in, the Kryptonians would rapidly turn into superpersons like Clark, and he'd be able to rapidly subjugate the native human population. No one comments on this. Zod's ship splits into two and begins drilling a hole through the core of the Earth. I know how to stop this because I am clever and I'm Lois Lane. Uh, no, Amy, you, again, you have to emote. You can't just say what you feel and expect us to believe you. I'm going to fight the smaller one that's in the Indian Ocean, while you fly a plane into the one that's destroying New York. Uh, Metropolis. Really? We're still going with that? Besides, Gotham City's New York. Metropolis is another completely different New York City. The drilling device in the Indian Ocean. The robot gains arms made out of ball bearings, which looks cool. Clark Kent easily defeats the arms, as once they're hit, they just fall to the ground. Clark, however, is finding it hard to cope with the Kryptonian atmosphere and the laser beam the drilling device is making. Damn. I wish Superman had had some sort of arc. This would be where I'd have my meeting with the goddess and overcome my personal problems. The drilling laser bears down on Clark Kent some more. It looks as if he is close to death, but isn't. Oh, well. Since I'm immortal and effectively perfect, I suppose I should just try a bit harder. Clark Kent tries a bit harder. We know this is happening because Henry Cavill is showing off his wonky teeth, thereby revealing that he is English to the audience. Oh, hell no. Batman's Welsh, Spider-Man's from Surrey, and Superman's from the Channel Islands. I'm so glad that Jesus remains an all-American hero. Clark Kent defeats the drilling machine in a scene utterly devoid of tension or jeopardy. Okay. Cut to okay. Metropolis. The guy from the West Wing and the guy from Law and Order are on a plane about to bomb Zod's mothership, which is drilling a hole in the earth. Below, skyscrapers are collapsing and cars are exploding. Perry White, Stamper from House of Cards, and a random Latino actress are observing the Prometheus method of running away from a tall but narrow falling object. The Latino actress gets trapped under some rubble. Perry White and Stamper from House of Cards try to rescue her. Please, I'm in jeopardy! I won't leave you. I wish we cared about these characters. This would have been a great scene. Maybe they should have cast some more people as if they'd been randoms. We could have seen how people are trusting each other in the wave of Superman's good example. Unfortunately, Stamper from the House of Cards is a bit of a dickhead and Petty White's been nothing but crap since he arrived. I say, let them all burn. Meanwhile, a montage of extras watched the impending devastation from a short distance away. They look bored despite being mere miles away from mortal danger. Inexplicably, the plane remains able to hover beside General Zod's mothership, despite it being a plane and not a helicopter. The guy from the West Wing works out that the bomb is slightly wonky, and the guy from Law and Order crushes the plane into the mothership. Instantly, a black hole forms. Cut 2. A shot of extras looking bored as hell outside Union Station. Cut 2. The black hole eats Zod's mothership and then burns out rather than obliterating all of planet Earth. What? 
It wasn't enough to rip off my own begotten son's life story. They're now completely ignoring the laws of physics. Inexplicably, General Zot survives. I was born genetically programmed to protect Krypton and the lives of her people. Not only, therefore, have all of my actions been in direct contravention of that, but I can't even redeem myself as I'm merely following the programming that I was given when I was born. I was born this way, baby. Why don't you stop? We can live together in peace. Don't you understand? I've been genetically bred to protect Kryptonians. It's hardwired into my DNA, which is why my only course of action is to kill you. The only other Kryptonian that exists. Clark and General Zod have a fight which beats the Matrix's burly brawl for cartoony, rubber-faced CGI animation and bad rotoscoping. Cut to scenes of buildings still full of people standing at the windows as they watch this superhero fight. Clark throws General Zod through several buildings, causing them to collapse, killing untold thousands of people. Dude, what have I told you? This film is like a video game. Those people didn't die, they just were done with their cutscene and disappeared. Clark stops for a rest. I was about to fight to kill. What were you, raised on a farm? Wait, is there is there meant to be a witty retort coming in a minute? Yay! Finally a chance to develop as a character. I can't wait. I've been so bland I've been sleeping through most of this fight scene. Clark and General Zod land in Union Station, where board extras are gently milling around as if it was Sunday afternoon and not Doomsday. Wait a tick. I don't need to kill you. I can just kill all of the humans. General Zod fires his laser vision at a family who are too stupid to crawl under the beam and get away. He misses. Don't do this! You got your witty retort for the farm boy line already? No! Then watch this random stupid family die. Clark Kent snaps General Zod's neck. As far as he is concerned, in his thick, solipsistic mind, this is the first time he has killed anyone. I'm so sad that I've killed my first ever person that I'm going to emote. Ah! Clark Kent screams a bit. It is weird. Despite being miles away from the damaged crater in the long shots earlier, Lois is standing on the steps of Union Station. They kiss. It is weird. Cut to several months later and General McNobody is driving through Afghanistan or Texas or Montana. There's trees. Superman punches a drone to the ground. Is that a comment on Obama's foreign policy? Nope, I'm as American as apple pie. How do I know you're going to protect America's interest? We're cutting that line for when we flog this to China, right? <laughs> Nicole, would you like to hear a song? I've written a song. Would you like to hear it? Yes, sure. Go ahead. A whole universe was in a hot, dense state. Then nearly 14 billion years ago, expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool. The autotrophs began to draw. Neanderthals developed tools. We built a wall. We built the pyramids. Math, science, history, unraveling the mysteries that all started with the Big Bang. Hey! What would you think of my song? Um, is that an original song? Um, kind of. Like, why, why kind of? I think I might have heard it elsewhere other than my brain. Okay. I, I think uh, it might be a sitcom theme tune. A sitcom theme tune? Yeah, there's this yeah. really funny show called um, Big Knockers. No, Big <laughs> Bangers. 
big. This it's big anyway. But it's called Big, and it's got Tom Hanks on a dancing on a piano. Um, and basically, it's the story of these scientists who go to um, uh, California Technical College, uh-huh. and they do science things and one of them's really tall and gay and one of them's really short and used to be in Roseanne and another one is even shorter and wasn't in Roseanne mm-hmm. and another one is slightly taller and is Indian mm-hmm. and then um the joke is that they are because they are men of science and because uh one of them used to be in Roseanne and one of them's short and one of them's Indian and one of them's gay and tall mm-hmm. um they have difficulty interacting with women. And so, like, most so of the time... So, they have difficulty interacting with women because? Uh, because they're scientists, clearly. Um, and, and I think because they like um, space stuff. But do you know those books that the kids read nowadays? I think they're into that. Um, and, uh, they, oh, they're into they're, reading they're... books, is what you're saying. No, it's it's not books. It's those rubbish books that children read They're with the pictures and the speech bubbles. Anyway, they read them and they're obsessed with them. And as a consequence, because um, what happens is, is that they all like live in a house together. Mm-hmm. And then across the street is a girl with big boobs. And mm-hmm. what happens is, is that she comes in and sort of says something. They're like, oh, have you read the new um, Green Lantern? And she says, no, I've been having sex. And the audience goes, woo and applause like this and then they go what sex wait and audience the audience goes, there's, there's an audience this is a tv yeah, it, show okay it, it's, a, it's, a it's a sitcom, sitcom yeah it's a sitcom it's called okay. big knockers or something. okay and okay. and yeah so what happens is um all these guys are living in a house and then mm-hmm. there's a girl with big boobs and she comes across and, she's like, oh. and they're like oh yeah we're reading we're reading the green lanterns and um, she says, well, I don't want to read the Green Lanterns because I've been having sex. And they say, what sex? And she says, um, you probably never have sex. And the tall one goes, that doesn't sound very fun. And she says, oh, you probably get an allergic reaction. And the tall one goes, oh, well, I probably shouldn't do it then. And then the the short, the shorter of the two goes, I'd quite like to have sex. And the audience goes, woo! And the the girl one goes, yeah, but unfortunately you don't match the standards of sort of male handsomeness that I've set for myself. Um, ergo, I'm not going to um, engage with you on a on any sort of emotional or emotive level. So, and and then the audience kind of goes woo and claps a lot, and then um, and and yeah. So so yeah. Have you have you seen it? Mm, this. Maybe a little bit of it, bits and pieces of it, but this is this doesn't sound very entertaining to me. Why? Why isn't it entertaining? Tell me all about it. Tell me all about why you don't think it's entertaining. Well, well, for, it just sounds all like horrible stereotypes. Just horrible, 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 horrible stereotypes. Like why? Why? Why do scientists? Why? Why do scientists have to be like that? Why? Why? Why are all nerds portrayed in this way? It's. It seems. It seems the the most the most blatant stereotypes of of nerds of geeks and plus you know a lot a lot of the show like they they a lot, a lot of the audience appears to be laughing at them and not with them whenever they whenever they make their 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 so called 
haha i'm a nerd so i haven't had sex and oh my god i'm such i'm so nerdy that i referenced this comic book and this archaic board game that nobody that nobody's heard of and i'm so like ostracized outcasted because of them that's hilarious that's just so hilarious that they're interested in niche 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 geeky subjects it's just so funny which is it, it, it isn't it isn't funny it isn't funny that they're interested in niche geeky subjects. It's not funny. Anyway, you you seem to be quite. Um... It's not <laughs> funny. So so they're interested in science science fiction. So they're interested in comic books. How is that hilarious? It's not. It just but, isn't. But are people who are interested in sci-fi and over the age of twelve, like emotionally stunted and you know sexually weird? No. Is that not the case? can you can you like i i do think that you need to like give me some evidence to assert this position because as far as i know like do you know what mm-hmm. um for instance i'm going to counterpoint your point by saying do you know that saddam hussein had the largest collection of chris achilleos fan art okay and chris achilleos is the guy who paints all of those like women with their tits out laying over dragons uh-huh beneath their sort of orange and azure background Okay. Um, and Saddam Hussein, who, frankly, uh, not not kidding, actually, because when they when they took his um, when they took his palace, they discovered all of this Chris Achilleos art that was quite freaky deaky. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that's that's one example of um, a sci-fi fan who's a bit of a rumen. Well, Saddam Hussein doesn't strike me as a nerd or a geek to be laughed at. Is he not? I mean, he, he, I mean, he may be an, you know, a bad person or a bad dictator, but he doesn't exactly strike me like you know, you know. It, this is that was a. I just don't think that's a good example. What Saddam Hussein? Yeah. All right. So tell me, tell me again what what it is that you're you object to this this show Big Bangs because uh, it presents geeky people in a negative light. But you're a girl, so you know you you know you're not allowed to be geeky anyway, are you? Because what? That, okay, for, that, that 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 was the, that's the other bad thing. Why why What's the why other bad is thing? why is not why is why is that the case? Why why aren't why aren't girls allowed to be geeky? Um. Well, because you've got better things to do. Like what? I don't know. Go out dancing. What? Just because I'm a girl, I like dancing. I. Why? So what? So what? So what? Girls can't be geeky. Well, I don't think so. I think you know all the girls are like in charge. They're doing bits. They're off to Glastonbury. They're buying wellies. They're uh-huh. um, they're reading Top Sante and Grazia. So and baking. And baking. <laughs> baking. Um, are, are they? Are, are they? Are they baking with uh, with uh, uh, bare, barefoot, wearing an apron? Uh, on 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 their knees, hands and knees. I don't know. I've always like been that. told it's. I've always been told it's rude to ask women questions, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, it's it's all it's all terrible. Like the 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 the, re- the reason why Big Bang Theory. Like again, the, re- the I have said earlier, the reason why Big Bang Theory is it's it's. I I completely refuse to watch it. Because like when I, whenever I do watch it, it just it just seems whenever there's a joke being made, it's being made at a geek's expense. So and I I I think of myself as a geek, and I find I feel as if they're laughing at me. The then the the 
the most frustrating thing is, it's such a such a popular show. Like everybody watches it. Everybody and their mother watches it. And it's just frustrating. That's all. So um, what's your... So is it just that you feel like your people are being ups- uh, kind of... Are, I feel that my people are being portrayed negatively. And not only that, but the 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 the, the, the laugh track, the sort of the, the where where the punchline lands, it's always on them. Just, all the time, all the time. Not all the time, but enough. Enough that it's offensive. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. Well, I am. I can get behind that. Although I I do think um, it's like. The, like you don't like the Big Bang Theory show, but what you should do it—it's kind of similar. This Big Knocker show, I think, or Big Bangs, um, and it's really quite funny because every time they make a joke at the expense of the boys, the girls laugh. It's really quite funny. And oh, hang on—they got Blossom in. They got Blossom in, and they uglied her up, and they were like, and they put her in flat shoes, and they were like, yeah. So she can't she be a positive geek based role model for you? Hmm? How 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 is she portrayed? Is she is she like is she, is she very geeky? Uh, does does the audience laugh at how geeky she is? I, I think they laugh more at how mentally unstable she is. Ah, but that's satirizing the mentally ill, not the geeky. So surely that's fine. Oh, so that's fine. That's fine to make the laugh at the mentally unstable. That's so much better. Yeah, isn't that isn't that the point? I mean, I think I think. Even 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 more egregious than the fact that they're that they're laughing at you know, the downtrodden is the fact that the jokes are just not funny. It's just not a very funny show. It just isn't. You know, like the joke okay, the joke um, the jokes are lame and they're 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 easy and they're you know, I, cheap I'm shots. Gonna, they're cheap shots. I'm I disagree with you. And do you know what I'm gonna do? Uh-huh. I am going to prove that you're wrong. Okay. All right. All right. Using the only system I know how. Okay. I'm typing. I apologize that I'm typing, but I'm getting something really important up on the computer machine that I have. Ah, quotes. Here we go. Right. Okay, we ready? Yep. Oh. I was expecting a, a sitcom that had been on the air for seven years to have loads, like a big pile of memorable quotes on the IMDb page. Mm-hmm. There were three. <laughs> I'm going to read them all. I'm going to read them all and see what you think. Okay, sure. Right? I'm going to do the stage directions in a Welsh accent just to differentiate the two, okay? Mm-hmm. Repeated line when Sheldon's in at the door. Knock, knock, knock. Penny. Knock, knock, knock. Penny. Knock, knock, knock. Penny. That was one. That's one of three memorable quotes that the IMDb thinks is funny. For okay. Me. The Big Bang Theory. All right. Right, this is number two. You ready for it? This is this is gonna blow your mind. Repeated line when Sheldon makes a joke. Bazinga. That's number two. No, okay. Well, we'll we'll try with number three. Repeated line when someone calls Sheldon crazy. I'm not crazy. My mother had me tested. Is that that's come on. That's that was brilliant. That was really funny. all three of those are awful. Terrible, terrible. Okay. okay, I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Sorry. It, well, it was sort of, you know, it was, um, uh, you know, I expected I mean, the IMDb I mean, to do a better job. Look, listen, I, 
I understand the idea of cheap entertainment because they're sitcoms. They're not meant to be highly intellectual. And they're not meant to appeal to niche audiences. They're supposed to be for the masses. I understand that on some level. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. You know. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Um, you know, you can be precious. I think we've discussed before um, how I feel about girls in Forbidden Planet, so... No, we well. Why why don't you go on? Why don't you explain about that? Because I I don't think we actually mentioned uh, talked about that on on the show. I would like all the girls in Forbidden Planet to leave. Why? Because they've ruined Forbidden Planet. Why is that? How is that? Because how it used to be was that you could go into Forbidden Planet mm-hmm. and oh, we, 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 of... we should say that Forbidden Planet is like a. Uh, would you would you say it's like a sort of comic book shop, toy shop kind of place? It's um, see, comic book shop is probably the easiest tra- to translate into a medicon, but it's not. It's a sci-fi shop. Yeah, it's a sci-fi shop. Yeah, yeah. So there's like there was a whole room for comics, but then there was a whole basement full of books and DVDs or videos back in the day and CDs and stuff. Right. Um, and it moved location, mm-hmm. and ever since it's gone a bit rubbish. Ah. So it moved location to Shaftesbury Avenue. It mm-hmm. used to be on Tottenham Court Road. It just used to be off um, on New Oxford Street on Tottenham mm-hmm. Court Road. And it used to be great because there was like a room for toys, i.e. plastic Star Trek toys, plastic um, Fight Club resin models. Um, and that was cool. And then there was like a comic book domed room at the back, which had comic books running down one side. And I'd never go in because comic books are fucking stupid and hey, then hey 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 they are rubbish and then hey. um and then like magazines and then like anime videos mm-hmm. so i very rarely went into that bit and then downstairs there was books 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 more books high profile memorabilia vhs cassettes and cds mm-hmm. and this was my paradise and every time i'd go there i'd spend like a hundred quid on videos and stuff and mm-hmm, signed mm-hmm, bits mm-hmm. and and it was great. How and then it moved. Uh-huh. And and basically when you go down there, the only woman who's ever been down there has been someone's mum. Okay. To this dank old basement. And it was lovely because it meant that not only could you, you could flick about in peace and there was a really slightly uh, misogynistic, slightly chauvinistic thing about always having like Chris Achilles posters of women with their tits out draped over dragons. Which wasn't very good, but it was just nice because it kept them away. And and you could sit and you could read your book on Owen Allen. And you could sit and you could like find Doctor Who New Adventures. And you could go through every big finish CD to find the one big finish CD you didn't have. And there was a whole section of just like 60s television that no one uh, gave a shit about. Um, except for like, you know, the patrons of Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. And there was like, you could buy, there's the only place... In the country, you could buy Space um, Patrol, I want to say, mm-hmm. which was a 50s um, puppet show, German, that inspired Thunderbirds and all those other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not there and, anymore? Well, no, it, here's the thing. Because the other thing it used to get was all the Del Rey trade paperbacks in from the US. Yep. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't get those in like a regular shop. You ah. could only get those in Forbidden Planet. Okay. Um, and then they moved to Shaftesbury Avenue, and the whole top floor is just shit that girls buy. Like what? Like 
fucking uh, plushy toys of the Adventure Time cast and <laughs> um, like uh, resin models of David Tennant that are 150 quid. Okay. And um, replica Tom Baker scarves because now uh-huh. you can buy those instead of forcing relatives to make them for you. Uh-huh. And squishy like soft TARDISes uh-huh. and TARDIS alarm clocks they look really dreadful uh-huh. and there's like a tiny bit of Star Trek because Star Trek isn't cool anymore except there's a poster of of Captain Kirk with his top off and, and Spock with his top off because that they're hot uh-huh. and um and there's loads of like Adventure Time stuff uh-huh. and um and My Little Pony bollocks uh-huh right right and it's just there's more girls than boys and the problem is is that they're all there yammering on about how hot they think Benedict Cumberbatch is and how hot they think David Tennant is and how mm-hmm. Matt Smith isn't as hot mm-hmm. and um, and how, you know, they really wish they could pluck Zachary Quinto's eyebrows. And well, well, just there and just like, fuck off. This is not, you're not meant to be here because you fancy the bloke off the telly. That's uh-huh. not the point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, so if in the 70s and 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. they would be mooning over Sync and David Bowie and the members of The Clash, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that's that's gone now because music doesn't have any value anymore. And so instead, they've had to sort of put all of this misplaced, slightly um, electrocomplex style sexual attraction. They've had mm-hmm. to download it somewhere. They've had to transfer it somewhere. And fucking Stephen Moffat and cunts like him and Neil Gaiman have all gone wait a minute, if I if I kind of put some really obvious, um, you know, big neon signs that say, hey, girls can read this, it's cool, then girls will watch it and then everyone will think it's cool. And the problem is, is that not only do they not understand the point of being geeky, because mm-hmm. they're just doing it because they fancy the bloke, you know? They don't mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, had it been a three years earlier, then they would have been mooning over Justin Timberlake, but, you know chronology well, has meant that, that they're now here instead of there and when you go downstairs because that's all the top now so there's absolutely nothing of value on that top floor now just girls milling around buying fucking david Tennant pictures mm-hmm. you go downstairs and it's all fucking twilight knockoff books mm-hmm. there's like hundreds of square feet and i went and i tried to buy i actually went to treat myself to the owen allen book Right. Um, it was like an academic textbook on the uh, the TV shows of Erwin Allen mm-hmm. and I'd been thinking well I'm not going to buy it from Amazon because I don't want to um, support their tax evasion I'm going to mm-hmm. go to a proper bookshop where I know they've got it because mm-hmm. I've seen it there before and I'm going to buy it and they don't have it anymore and the section that used to be there full of these academic weighty textbooks on cult television all of those sort of 50s and 60s TV shows that I happen to like mm-hmm. they've all gone and now it's shitty like teen young adult horror novels Twilight knockoffs and video game help books. Mm-hmm. So like that you can get like 12 different Bioshock Infinite strategy guides. <laughs> um, I like, yeah, I don't know that's more of a guy thing, but, and then I was in there and this, <laughs> but I was in there um, last week mm-hmm. and this American girl was in there. Mm-hmm. So of course she had to, she had to sort of um, raise her voice so that everyone could hear that she was lecturing this slightly deluded Englishman. I think what had happened was that they'd probably met on the internet and he was just so delighted that a girl had taken the time to fly over and he'd probably hidden her return ticket and coerced her. <laughs> you know, she's fallen in love with him thanks to Stockholm Syndrome. It happens a lot. And then... Well, plus it's English, I'm sure. That's probably part of it. 
yeah, so his fucking accent. It doesn't matter what he's like as a person. Oh, yeah. He can be an absolute fucking bellend. But, yeah, yeah. Um, because he but, talks with an accent. Because he has an accent. Because he speaks like I do. Or because he, you know. Yeah. Because he, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not even a sexy accent, you know. Well, I'm speaking like this all of the time, then maybe... Colin Firth talks out of his nose. This is the problem. Everyone thinks, oh, Colin Firth is a sexy. I love Colin like, you actually, you actually listen to him speak. And he talks mm-hmm. right through his nose. Mm-hmm. You put a whistle between his ass cheeks and you play out a trumpet voluntary. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's there and mm-hmm. she's fucking lecturing on season four of Doctor Who, new Doctor Who, right? Oh, okay. And she's talking about it as if it's, not only is it the greatest thing ever, but she's lecturing on like the production story of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And clearly she's not read her Andrew Pixley. Andrew Pixley is the is the authority on shit like that. Andrew mm-hmm. Pixley um can tell you um which cameraman used which camera mm-hmm. to record a single sequence in any episode of Doctor Who ever. That's how encyclopedic his, his knowledge is. Right. And Broadly speaking, she was just rattling off this sort of, you know, IMD pay, IMDb trivia page, you know, route one bollocks. And she was lecturing him, but because she was, she was, she was showing off and she was showing off and desperate for all of the male attention. Mm-hmm. But she's screaming this. And I'm there trying to find um, this Owen Allen book. Mm-hmm. And then I went and, and sulkily sort of flicked through About Time, which is another series of academic textbooks on, on, cult television that i keep meaning to buy and never do mm-hmm. um i just ruined it because all i could hear was her fucking yammering on and so i went and started looking around to find somewhere that i couldn't listen to her fucking screeching voice and there were all these girls reading they were like sat around on the floor mm-hmm. reading um uh the hunger games <laughs> not not <laughs> And it's like, I, I always thought that, like, if the day came whereby, um, you know, being geeky became like an equal opportunities thing, I would embrace it. But now that it's here, what it, what's happened is that... Well, these, these okay, so this, my, my, my opinion on, on the matter is that these, these, are fe- these, these are latecomers to the game. Like, I was, I, was a, I was a geek before all of this happened. Before before it became mainstream, before it became a separate... I wouldn't mind before, if you be, were there, though, because became... you were a proper geek. <laughs> You're a proper geek, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm you just saying. What? It sounds like as if these, 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 these are they, they, they call themselves geeks because it's accepted, not, not because. I mean, true, true geeks are the ones that were geeks when it was bad to be a geek. Yeah, when it was bad to be, and a they're nerd, ashamed of it, and they they're were ashamed, ashamed of it. That's that's how you know you're a geek when 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 you were brought up to be ashamed of of who you were, of what what you liked. And that's yes. that's that's the true roots of being a geek. The geeks now, the quote unquote geeks nowadays, like the ones you mentioned, like they're it's fashionable. They're fashionable geeks. They are, it's and they don't and trendy. It's trendy. They don't deserve. They don't deserve it. And also, they're they're fucking tourists as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like if they were, if they were, if they genuinely, um, if they were genuinely interested, right. Mm-hmm. Then they'd move beyond like the Hunger Games. You can't be, a, you can't, you can't sit there. See, this is it. They walk in and they sit down cross-legged on the floor of Forbidden Planet with their head held fucking high <laughs> uh-huh. because they think I've read the Hunger Games. Ergo, I'm better than the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not, and they don't. And this is like this whole fake geek girl thing, uh-huh. right? Right. Which 
is dominating the news agenda. And apparently, if you if you say, "Oh, girls are girls are shit at this," and you know all the rest of it, um, instantly you're a misandrist because. Um, well, and, and I mean, you're, that's, you're not that's a feminist a because fairly generalist statement to say girls are shit at. That's a, that's a fairly generalist no, statement. But do you know what I mean? Like you can't you can't voice any um, disagreement because if you do voice any disagreement, it's it's like oh god, you're one hater. And it's not. It's just that I would really like it if there were some actually serious people who weren't tourists who actually cared mm-hmm. um, and who actually could do things properly. Well, you know? whose fault is that? Is that the fault of Forbidden Planet or is that the fault of the, the, the quote-unquote fashionable geek girls? I mean, part, part, of, part of me thinks, you know, that maybe... I mean, who's, like, you know, is this the chicken or the egg situation? Like, what caused the other? I think, no, I think genuinely that it is Russell T. Davies' fault. I think it's Stephen Moffat's fault. I think it's um, Stephanie Mayer's fault. I think it's Suzanne Collins' fault. Uh-huh. Um, because I wonder if, I wonder if like, um, uh, perverts feel the same way about Fifty Shades of Grey, right? <laughs> Here's my thinking. Uh-huh. Because what you have is you have a group of people who are all probably really deeply repressed about what they do and slightly ashamed of it. And it's quite a complex and difficult thing. And there are rules and procedures and stuff that you go into. Mm -hmm. And um, there's like a circle of trust that's been built up over years with these people because they're all kind of adults and they know that like, I don't know, their careers would be in jeopardy if it ever ever sort of came out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... And then what happens is Fifty Shades of Grey comes out and then at all their secret meetings, you get this fucking bored house, all these bored housewives sort of wandering and going, all right, lovey, or, or I, let, I let me husband take me up the wrong and I'm clearly as perverted as you all are, huh? you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I bought a pair of handcuffs from, uh, from Ann Summers, therefore I, uh, oh, I'm, I'm reap pervy, I am, oh, bugger me, literally, go on, oh. Hey, get a free blackberry every time I do a little bit of spanking. Cure, wouldn't mind that half. And they probably like anyone, anyone who sort of, you know, you, you're there. Um, and these people wander in and they don't know anything and they just shoot their mouth off and they just. And then they probably go home and they're like, oh, I never guess who I met at uh, at weekly pervs meeting, Reverend uh, Reverend Davies. Uh-huh. Hey, Reverend Davies, you know. Um, uh-huh. No, uh, I I understand. It's 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 uh, it's the you know. I can, every, see, everyone, I can see why. Yeah. yeah, I can see why people are aggrieved by it. I can see why people are upset by it, and I think that you know, th- girls are allowed only if they realise that they should be as ashamed of themselves as we are of ourselves. I think when that happens. Because I bet you, I bet you, these kids were never bullied at school. No, I bet you they weren't. I and the thing is, is that you gotta, you can't, you can't be geeky unless you've taken shit for it. You can't be, you can't, you can't be into, you can't be really geeky and nerdy unless, unless you had to be, you had to commit yourself so much to this passion of yours that you, you completely disregarded, you know, your social standing. <laughs> you completely yeah. disregarded. Everything else in in your, your social life, everything else just to like because you were, were so in love with this 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 topic, this subject that you completely disregarded every other you know uh, uh, you know thing in your life. 
it's like it's like the only the only reason that I'm married now, uh-huh. for instance, is that I spent the first six years of my relationship lying about how geeky I was. So I'll tell you a story. The first time, the first time um, my now wife visited my bedroom, uh-huh. uh, I had a half completed um, Revel model of Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. by my bed. And I was, um, I was assembling it. I should have painted it before I assembled it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had to look high and low for some glow-in-the-dark paint because I wanted to paint in all the windows. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't afford the fiber optic one. So I was doing it really painstaking, like a match. I was painting in all these windows. Uh-huh. It's taking fucking ages. And she came in and pointed at the plastic model Deep Space Nine. Uh-huh. And she said, what's that? And I said, it was a plate holder. <laughs> no word of a lie. I said, it was a plate holder. And then... And then and said, yeah, what you do is you stand, it's like a, you know, it's kind of like a, one of those designy things. The, uh-huh. Fortunately, the box wasn't there. Okay. The box was like on a shelf somewhere hidden out of the way. Right. Um, and I think I threw a towel over one of my video shelves because I had like I had the, like the complete Star Trek and the complete Doctor Who and all the books. And that. So I threw right, a towel right. over the shelves before she came around. Mm-hmm. But um, she was like, what's that? And, and I said, it's a plate holder and actually got a plate and balanced it on top and said, look, it's sort of, you know, it's there and and it stacks well, it. why we, having a having a plate holder is a little weird too, isn't it? It's better than having a deep place <laughs> mind. Like when I was when I was twelve, I went to Forbidden Planet and bought a <laughs> a, a, f, a picture of the Enterprise E. Uh huh. I framed that picture and it was by my bed. Mm. Right, so that that was hidden under the bed. Right. Um, and right. and yeah, all of these things were were hidden because I just, I had to, you know, and this is how basically I, I had to use sort of subterfuge and lying and denying of who I was mm-hmm. in order to con a woman to have um, carnal relations with me. And that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that anyone who hasn't gone through that awkward lying coercion, mm-hmm. painful period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I should say she saw through the lie. I mean, but she appreciated the lie. <laughs> and that's the point she appreciated the line so right. that's that's sort of where you get to I, I, okay um but i don't know it's it was it was it's really strange for me anyway as as a geek of the female persuasion because uh there are all there are all these comments these days of, of I, I always see this on the internet you know of um of uh, geeky geeky men who say that where 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 were all these geek girls when I was a, when I was a kid when I was a teenager when I was uh, being made fun of where where were all the where were all these geek girls then and I was yeah. and I kept trying to say we were there you were just too freaking focused in, in on your own obsessions that you didn't even see us we were there we were around no you weren't do you know what you were it's you were ridiculous. blending in with the bullies. You were hanging no, on we the bully's weren't. arms. You were sucking them off. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, we were around. Is that you were too busy focused in or concentrating on your like comic book figure of the Scarlet Witch or whoever. You were too busy fawning over the, pe- the pretty popular girl in school to even notice us. To even notice us. You were too busy, you know, wanking off to some, you know, hot celebrity girl or whatever i don't know it was it's just it's just ridiculous to me that where, where do you feel 
We were there. We were around. And anyway, that's stupid. That's my. That's what I think. So, so do you think that is from your perspective? Do you think it's all of these men who uh, just ignored you? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I was. I was never the object of affection. It's always. It was always the non-geek girl that was the object of affection. Did you put out though? <laughs> I didn't even have the opportunity to do any of that. Well, you did grow up in a sweatshop, for God's sake. So it's not That's as true. if, um, you know, you were allowed much time off with the boys. You know, you were kept segregated and your tiny hands had to use the sewing machines. No, uh, stumps. Blo- blo- bloody bloody stumps. No, their fingers were all worn off. Remember? Have you got bloody stumps now? Yeah, let, me, yeah. let me see those fingers. Let me see those fingers. Put them up. Put them up. Put them up. No, no. I want to see them. I want to see your fingers. No. Oh, oh, yeah, there you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, they're not bloody stumps. You have them grown back, yeah? <laughs> Is that a secret, like, superpower that you have? You can grow back your fingers from bloody stumps. Yeah, it was a re- re- regeneration period. Okay. Uh-huh. Is that a Doctor Who reference? Yes, it is. Sorry. I apologize. It's not a very good one. No, it's not a very yeah, good one. Yeah, it should be. No, I'm sorry. <sighs> so, um, so, how do we sort out? How do we sort out this, uh, the fake geek girls issue? I think there needs to there there needs to be a way to make it unpopular again. That would work. Actually. Yeah. Well, then therefore, all we need to do is um, the next Doctor Who should be an ugly fucker. Yeah. I think he should be fat. Yeah. In fact, I think yeah. the next Doctor should be fat because all those fair weather fans will fuck off, and we'll really know who our friends are then. <laughs> right. I I I, I would I, I would be into that. Totally. <clears throat> I, I would I would actually be really into that. In fact, we could get the only fat doctor who was ever there, which is Colin Baker, and we could bring him back uh-huh. as a pensioner so he could be fat and old and Tory. Mm-hmm. We, and could, we, we could also make it that maybe the all the... Well, I don't know. That might, might, might backfire on us. I was thinking of making all the, the attractive... Uh, actors be sort of evil characters but that might, that might backfire no that yeah. might yeah that, that might no. backfire yeah I think that see back in the day you could have ugly people on television ugly people were allowed on television because people were normal whereas now I blame Aaron Spelling oh yeah uh, I think Aaron Spelling mm-hmm. yeah and Charmed and well Hollywood Orange. in general yeah I know Char- I think it's, it's just ridiculous witches pretty pretty young witches it's Anyway. But they weren't even witches, were they? Because they never did actually witchcraft. They had no. superpowers. No, was, uh, I, that's not, not a show that I didn't like. Anything. Right, you say that, but, you know, I used to wank over Shannon Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible person, but, you know. Uh-huh. Lovely to look, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting. You're disgusting. Oh. <laughs> uh, Thing is, it's kind of funny because Shannon Doherty actually really fancies um, uh, men who look like tramps. So, um, had I been say well, ten she's, years, she's a she's she's a card carrying member of the Conservative Party too. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, what a shame. She's very, she's pretty far right. I'm gonna have to delete those files from my wank bank now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shame. Yep. Yep. Saz. Oh. Got it. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't fancy the other two. Alyssa Milano <laughs> and Holly Marie Coombs and 
the blonde one who replaced her who wound up being on The Big Bang Theory, actually. <laughs> Did you know that in season eight of Charmed, which I've never seen, clearly? Um, mm. We used to be on Living All the Time. Don't look at me like that. I used to be on Living All the Time, and my mum watched it. So, you know, I was in the house. Mm-hmm. Had to watch it, you know. Um, and Love Spit Love's cover of How Soon Is Now is at least superior to Tattoo's cover of How Soon Is Now. Have I lost you? Yes, you've lost me. So the the theme to Charmed is a cover version by American punk band Love Spit Love of uh-huh. the Smiths' How Soon Is Now, ah, okay. which is a fucking amazing classic song. And if you haven't heard it, you're not my friend anymore. Okay. Uh, and it's been covered many times. The worst cover was by Tattoo, the Russian lesbian, fake lesbian, Russian. Oh, yeah, fake Tattoo. Russian. I know Tattoo. Sure. Uh-huh. Which wasn't creepy at all, the fake lesbian Russians. It was creepy. I'm I'm lying. I'm speaking. <laughs> I intend I intend these Russians satirically. Ready for this go? Yep. Oh a storm is threatening. Ah, very life today. If I don't get some shelter, oh yeah, then I'm gonna fade away. What you do? Just a shot away. Just a shot away. Children, just a shot away. Just a shot away. Just a shot away. Just a shot away. Give me, give me shelter. 
That was excellent. Yeah, that was that was uh, excellent, excellent singing there. I th- does that mean that's the end of the show? Then is that is that the yeah? End of the show? That's the end of the show. Oh, Damn. I'm sad. I'm sad. sad. Uh, okay, tune in next week. Um, I should switch to a hospital radio. Tune in next week when uh, we'll be taking your special requests from Ward D. We'll be interviewing uh, Mr. Columbia, the uh, surgeon in the colostomy ward. And uh, ringing in the new year with the Burns Unit. That's all next week on Hospital Radio. Tingle. Same time, same channel. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Such a professional. All right, that's it. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. To offer feedback for this show, please visit our Twitter account at SiteProjectCast or email us at SiteProjectCast at gmail.com.